Welcome to Slasher Sequel Season on the Films and Swear and Movie Podcast. You're listening to episode 201, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Two. <laughs> Welcome to Films and Swearing. Yes. Well, that was very different. Yes. Uh, could you tell we spent all our budget on the last episodes? <laughs> and we're having to make it up as we go along now. So yes, welcome to Slasher sequel season. Mm. It is that time of the month. It's that time of the year. Yes, year. Sorry. Monthly. I'm thinking about periods. Christ. Oh, hey, think. Both involve Speaking blood. Of blood. Blood. Uh, but... Uh, no. Is everyone, anyone still listening? Mm, the cat's turned its head. Oh no, we've been pissed off the cats. So yes, welcome to episode 201. Back to the beginning. Low I numbers. I know. Now it is the climb to episode 300. I know, what do you do for episode 300? Mm. Ah fuck knows, another seven <laughs> Kurt Russell films. <laughs> um, uh, we've got 99 episodes to figure that out Aye. which I thought you were going to say and that podcast ain't one uh, pop culture reference uh, I'll let you hear that one it's October it is that time of the year I know pop- I'm, I'm fucking pumped I've been waiting for this month all year yes uh, hashtag what was it 31 days of Halloween it's not even that it's I don't know also hate time to fucking yes, do that. Participate. I, I, I'd I'd love to at least give it a try, but I'm I'm not at home every night. I've already failed. I made it two nights and last night I did a podcast, so I never got a chance to watch a horror film. Yeah. I could maybe attempt to watch thirty one horror films in a month. Maybe just have to back to back a couple yeah. in some evenings. So that's Well I've only made one and <clears throat> the one that I've watched is the one we're covering. Tonight, yes. Well, that's it, because we're on the 4th, so if you're really, like, well, you're three days behind, but yeah, it's good for folk that didn't have podcasts and other things and that, could just watch films at night. I know. So, good for them, but obviously, the main thing that's coming this month is Michael. Mm-hmm. He's coming home. I know, I'm fucking looking forward to it, like... Yeah. I, I really don't know why, like, I've been... I don't know why I've been, like, hyped up about this. Aye. I think if it's because we, uh, we kind of, the whole thing is, like, chronicled on the podcast from us talking about the news of, hey, they're making a new Halloween movie. Yeah. And then we all saw, like, Alien Covenant and thought, hey, Danny McBride isn't as bad as as he seems. Yeah, but he's not in this over. He's, uh, like, co-writing it. Yeah. I think we assumed he might have just been in it. Yeah, there, I mean... Because there was nothing at that point. We just knew I'm, he was writing I'm, it with... I wonder if we've got a badass cameo because, remember, we've got uh, James Franco and Alien Covenant who yeah. pretty much got, like, a minute screen time unless you watch the, like, extended like, scenes. Aye. Maybe he's just, like, some high school Johnny. Mm. Or he's, like, the fucking bus driver. Just... Something completely throwaway. Yeah. Where Seth Rogen is a stoner and accidentally crosses the path. <laughs> Just fucking walks into a knife. 
Uh-huh. Michael's not even holding it. <laughs> and it's like, oh, fucking smoke coming out of his mouth. I'm sure that's not going to happen. Uh, I'm pretty uh, sure people would revolt. So what I've been um, reading about is people say that it's, like, the people that did see it at, like, TIFF and, mm-hmm. like, all the wee, like, conventions and stuff, was it? It is, like, supposedly, like, pretty terrifying and it does have some kind of comedic elements to it, which I suppose will kind of cut the tension down a bit, but... Yeah. I just want to see what the fuck's going to happen, me. And I've, yes. I've managed to stay strong. Yep. And I've still not looked at the trailer too. Mm-hmm. So... So, is your fail-safe when we go to see John Carpenter live and he gets to the point where he plays the new Halloween soundtrack... I just got to turn around and face the wall. Um, well, because that's, that's what we talked about, obviously. Will he, if he does do that, will he have the footage? You just see Jimmy Lee Curtis being murdered yeah. in the background as he plays it. I don't know. I don't know. Just, I'm, I'm hoping that like a couple of days like before we go and see it, folk upload videos, because if he does play the new... The new track I'll be absolutely fucking pumped like yeah and I'm pretty sure people will probably upload it on like YouTube and stuff so I might have a wee peek and see if what footage is, what you're getting prepared uh, to walk yeah. into ah, that's a good idea should we just get on with our film then alright let's go okay so as the, the creepy man said at the start of the episode today we are covering Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 from director Toby Hooper, written by L.M. Kit Carson and Toby Hooper. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I should have thought, because I wrote IMDb open, because that was last open when I was doing my trivia notes. Alright, so this film stars, we've got Dennis Hopper as Lieutenant Lefty in right, Caroline Williams as Stretch, Jim Seidel as Drayton Sawyer, Bill Mosley as Chop Top Sawyer. John, sorry, Bill Johnson as uh, Leatherface. Ken Everett as Grandpa Sawyer. And Lou Perryman as LG. Mike, go and tell us what the fuck happens in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Um, a radio DJ gets caught up in a, I suppose, like a, a murder mm-hmm. by the notorious like, Sawyer family. And basically goes on the well, they kind of get go on the hunt with um, he has a US Marshal with the line I've got from me cries him a Texas Marshal, but yeah, uh, um, and he's obviously got ties with the original, yes, he is. What is the connection? He's the, the uncle. uncle of the wheelchair kid, yes. What was his name? Franklin, Franklin? he Aye. was annoying, we fuck. Aye. You would have thought he would have known that. That your nephew was annoying as fuck. Mm. <laughs> but, yes. <clears throat> was this a first time watch for you, Mike? No. Um, second time, I think. Yeah, it was. It's my second time like fully watching it. I remember like catching bits of it years ago on maybe like Channel 4 late at night. Yeah. And I never actually fully watched it till earlier on this year when I was off for a week and I think I... I think I must have hemorrhaged about fucking 15 films there that week, and one of them was this. Ah, right, right. Because I remember right. you had actually persuaded me to watch it. Yes, aye, because that's it. It is um, available on Netflix, 
at the time of this recording. So it's just one of those things because that was it. This is maybe my second time. Ah, this would be my second time watching it because I did watch it last year. Because after our uh, first one, our Halloween season last year, covering the first movie, it got me in the mood to see what the second one was. I think I was on a trip. I was in Edinburgh and I was on the bus coming back and I just downloaded it onto my phone so I just sat and watched it. And I thought, you know what, this isn't a bad film. Then I think that's when I egged you on to watch it as well. Yeah. So, Mike, what did you think of this one? Um, I um, much prefer this film compared to the first one. Yeah. I just, I, I said extensively last year that I, I mean, it's an unpopular opinion, but I just didn't enjoy the first one. Mm-hmm. And I just find it really dull, really boring, and I, and I actually prefer the the two thousand three remake, right? The first one. Okay. There's that fucking many. I can never figure out which. I know, is which. and I've only ever seen, I've not seen, uh, the 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 la the two after this one. I've not seen those two. It's got um, it's like Matthew McConaughey's in one of them. Oh, aye. is that Benny uh, Zilliger too? Aye. I quite enjoyed this film. It, when you say it's brilliant, it was a good film. Again, as we said, in comparison to the previous one, I love how it did have a good shift in tone Aye. F- to horror comedy. Mm-hmm. Because it got it done two things. They started showing you him using the chainsaw on people. Yeah. Because I think that was something that lacked from the first one. You just got to see him in the chainsaw. You never got to see him properly going around hacking fuck up. Yeah. And then in this first one, he fucking cuts a boy's head off in the opening credits. Ah, and you're just like, this is what I was waiting for. Mm-hmm. You've got like a, a like a proper soundtrack going. There's, I was just like, ah, oh, they threw some money. Like, it's an, it, feel, it felt like an actual film now. It felt ah. like an actual movie, I should say. Because yeah. the first one was distressing as fuck. Mm. So... This was a lot more, I guess, palatable would be the yeah. best way to say it. I think this one was easier to watch as well. Yes. I reckon if it's because of the tone, but I just, like, obviously, like you're saying, like, the first one's kind of, like, distressing to watch, but ultimately, I think I was just kind of, kind of getting bummed out of the whole, like, excessive screaming bit of the yep. main lassie in the first one. And that almost carries across as a theme. Because fuck does Stretch not like to scream. Mm-hmm. So, and let's see, I've got notes now where it's just sort of characters, mm. just sort of talking about wee bullet points about them, but obviously this is a canon film. Yeah, I know, that's the first thing I always remember. Aye. This, I, I really need to give you a bottle of their documentary. Aye. I still have the review DVD where I think it's called Electric Boogaloo. The story of Canon Pictures, and it is they just covered their whole sort of filmography and how they got it together, and then when they became successful, and how it petered out. And Texas Chainsaw Massacre's in there as well. I actually think they have like an interview with Toby Hooper in there mm. too. So, but aye, there is there is a whole wee of Canon films. Yeah, but definitely, if if people are able to see that Electric Boogaloo documentary, I would highly recommend it. Mm. I'll have a look. I'll look it out for you next week. Sure. Pass it on to you because it is an easy watch. And I'm trying to think if the DVD just has like a boatload of trailers on it, but 
What, can- Canon trailers? Yeah. Oh man, I'll be spoiled for choice. Aye. Can I be certain? Anyway, let's talk about the characters of this film. Yeah. So, let's talk about the main one. We've got Stretch, who, I reckon how is it? It was Caroline Williams. What was the name, wasn't it? Aye, Caroline yeah. Williams. She has some serious Juliet Lewis vibes going on. Yeah. Like, just for like, the the raspy voice and just the way she looks. I never looked hard enough into her filmography to see if there is any relation between the two of them. Because mm. that probably would have been a wise thing to do. But I haven't done it. I mentioned she's easy on the eyes, but fuck. Her screaming is nippy as fuck. Mm-hmm. And she does. She properly milks just... Well, I guess, in a situation where somebody is attacking you with a fucking giant chainsaw, yeah. you would probably be screaming quite a lot. Aye. What did you think about Stretch? Um, like we were saying, she has like, easy on the eyes. Um, she hates getting called Darling. Obviously, LG, that was his Yeah, I heard. He was just like the, the sound tech guy, wasn't it? The guy yeah. that works in the station with her. Yeah. Now... There's that thing where she, the weirdest scene of the film, let's talk about it, where she's cornered by Leatherface, he's got his chainsaw stuck in a... A boat size? Yeah, it looked like a big base, like a big old cast iron bath filled with ice and beer. He's got his chainsaw stuck in there, but upon freeing it, he decides to run it up her thigh... Points it towards her, her, her lady garden. Mm. Gives it a little nudge. And just this awkward eye contact. Uh, and it's like, the wee like, tongue slipping the, in there. Yeah, like. the tongue and the teeth. It's like, oh my god, oh, jeez. Um, that was one of my bullet points I put down for like the like the low points of the film. Aye. Was like, the whole like humanising like, leather but, face. Aye, that's a good way, because... The only way I could describe it was like Leatherface hits puberty. It was like, mm, yeah. ladies, mm, cut off jeans. Mm. And then also you get the scene later on in the film where they're like the corner of and the the layer or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. And uh, Daddy Drayton gives the, the talk uh, S-C-E-X. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, we had that on. We watched on Netflix and I'd by automatically just leave the subtitles on. And they just spell it out in like S dash C dash E dash X, yeah. and it's still you just give a chuckle just like how fucking like redneck they are. Yeah, like if you're gonna do like a a film about like a group of like serial killer cannibalistic like family and that, and like the your main trying to think is it for a bad guy is it, is that an antagonist or a protagonist? Um. But anyway, yeah, like for like your villain and all that, like you, you didn't want to humanize him. Yeah, I. It, it was a strange direction to take it because Leatherface is supposed to be terrifying. He yeah. kind of looks like. I mean, in the first one, like he took as I mean, that was maybe one of the good things the first one done was that they made him look like a legitimate fucking scary bastard. Yeah, just because of his size and the fact that he. Obviously, he must have had some sort of like facial deformities. Like, I felt his mask was more scary. It's like almost a different mask in this one. Yeah, it was. It was. I'm trying to think. There's a there's a later one where he's made out to be like a transvestite, like he's wearing like makeup and all. Oh, that. in the first one, I where he's 
Oh, in, oh, in uh, a later film. Yeah, in the later film. Right, okay. In the later one, it's either the so the one after that or the one after that, I can't remember what. Yeah. But ah, you you just look look like a big bear with mixed feelings in this one. Yeah. Which was like a bizarre direction. And it's the bit where he like has a chainsaw and then he's like this. Mm-hmm. And then yes. when he stands and he's like this. Ah, yes. Looking like a hula girl. Ah, yes. Like the, the chainsaw was an extension of his penis at that point. <laughs> and he just, just, just fucking wanted to get right in there with it. And it's like, mm. okay, this is so weird. And I mean, the thing was, as um, Stretch was like, like she kind of was like trying to like control the situation, but like Aye. talking to him and trying to exploit this new side of him where it was it was like oh you're good, you're so good, and just trying to calm him down and get out of that situation. Uh, How do we look at our IMDb top four? Because I wasn't entirely familiar with her. Nah. Outside of Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, I don't think I know her for anything. So our top four credits. It's no surprise she's kind of stayed in the horror genre, yeah. I guess, because this is a, well, this is a famous role for her. If people say anything about her, it will most likely come back to this movie first. It's the initial reference. Yeah. So yes, that is the first reference on IMDb. It's Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is the first credit in her top four. The other ones is uh, Halloween 2, Rob Zombies. Ah, uh, yeah, she plays one of the nurses. Dr. Maple. Uh, she's in The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, the Jim Carrey one. Alright. And? She was in Sharknado as well. Yes, and Sharknado char- 4. And the character was called Stretch as well. Yes, The Force Awakens. So, <sighs> I, it gives me that, that wee pang new where I was like, I kind of want to look to see if she's like in a radio station. Yeah. If she's just playing her character again. You could, I, I, I'm guessing you could probably go on YouTube. And Probably. type in Sharknado 4. With her name. Aye, yeah. Sharknado 4, Stretch. And they would probably just show you her, like, her cameo when she's in a studio. She answers a call and a fucking shark jumps at the speaker and eats her. <laughs> Something Sign me stupid up. is Surely, that. Hang on, like, at least that's what Sharknado is. It has people getting eaten rather than Meg. Hmm. Yeah. Now, well, where do we want to go first? Do we want um, to... Talk about Lefty, do I talk about the family? Uh, with my notes about. Or do you have more stretch notes? I really want to stretch it out, Michael. Um, I broke mine down as just a, a couple things. Also, I think my first bit of notes was the opening 10 minutes of the film is better than the entire first film. Aye, that is definitely a way to, to look at it because. I said earlier, like it's kind of what we wanted. Yeah. Like those two deserve to die. Ah. Annoying as fuck. It was just it frat was, boys. I know, and it was just um, it was just the, the one with the glasses, like the fucking like kind of reminded me like Uncle Billy a wee bit. <laughs> and then just turns out and the guy's like fucking like hemorrhaging at the wheel. His fucking head like yes hacked into and it's slowly falling off and then. It's that great fucking like practical effect. It was like four straws spurting blood. Yeah, and uh, did you notice who done the makeup for the film? Yes, sir. Uh, Tom Savini. Yeah? None other than Pistol Dick himself, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom Savini. So I, 
And it was a fucking great practical effect. Like, from the front angle where you just see him sitting holding his head and it's just this giant gash right across it. And then that back angle where you just see it, it, the fucking tap of his head slide off. Yeah. It's like, oh, it was brilliant. And then also you didn't see what happens to Rick the Prick. <laughs> no, it most likely just... Well, you get to see what's left of the car after it goes off the bridge. So you yeah. imagine he just and dies on impact. We talk about the... Um, opening um, narration bit and about how they're saying that like nothing's been found to the family and stuff and all these like, weird things is happening yeah and it's the, the guy that's talking to um, Lefty mm-hmm. and it's like, it's like ah it's like it's just a bunch of fucking part animals out here or something it's like it's like this is nothing to do with like what happened to your brother's kids like 10 years ago or something and, uh, and he's like ah oh, it must have been Pretty wild driving at like 90 miles an hour and sawed off his own head. Exactly. And you just see the guy that's trying to talk to him, like almost just swally his tongue, going, uh, well, they've got an answer for you there. And I mean, Dennis Hopper, eh? I can what a uh, fucking choice. Like, what a person to cast in this film. I uh, know. Like, I think I mean, that's. Would uh, this be around the same year as he done Blue Velvet? Oh, fuck. Must have been. I do not know. Which I've still never seen. I, I, don't know if I'm ready for like a David Lynch film after watching. Uh, oh, it's a wild Wilder, at heart. Wild at heart. Yeah. And especially for what I've been like seeing the clips and like Dennis Hopper is supposed to be pretty fucking like menacing in this. Mm-hmm. But um, but I mean I like Dennis Hopper is a fucking great actor. I know, and I think the thing about canon films, I think they always look to have one big name actor attached to the project as like a selling point. And then I think they just let them do what the fuck they want in the film. Because uh-huh. I feel that Dennis Hopper really got the choice to chew his scenes. Yeah. Like, at the end, when he's just sitting chainsawing every like support beam and he's just screaming, and, like, he's just singing. He's uh, just, I know. He, he, he starts bring, like, like, bringing it down and uh, starts like singing in like, this fucking gospel choir song. Exactly. Like He's about as off his rocker as much as the fucking Sawyer family by the time he meets them it's like a long lost relative showing up it's, it's a bit where he buys the chainsaws um, and he's outside great. the shop and he's like hacking away at a tree trunk and like the, I oh. couldn't really, really tell if the, the shopkeeper was like terrified or amused because he was like, like well had, that was it the first shot of him he looked like, like oh man you're gonna fuck that you gotta break that chainsaw, and the second shot was like, "I'm about to, I'm about to come." Like he looked so, like he, chainsaws was his thing, and then just to see a boy <laughs> come in by three and start hacking up a bit of wood, he was got. He'd need to fucking smoke a fag after that. He was, <laughs> it was like one of those things where it almost takes you out of the film, but it's the type of film where it's like, ah, it's supposed to be this bad at some points. Yeah, but that old dude was really like, yeah. It was it was it was Kevin Spacey at a matinee. Oh no! That's how <laughs> excited he was. <laughs> I think my favorite character in the film, even like after watching it a second time, has to be Drayton Sawyer. I reckon if it's like because he's obviously he's this fucking like world renowned barbecue he's a, a public king figure. Yes. Yeah, and. It's when they're eating that barbecue and she comes. It across. makes a mean chili. 
Right. She comes across like a tooth or something, and he's like, "Oh, that's Did one it, of the." I'm going to evoke. It's like that's one of the like hard shell peppercorns. Uh, every time he mentions that, it's like, oh, it's a peppercorn shell. It's like, <laughs> um, but you just know it's people. It's people. <laughs> they're eating people. But it's um, it's the bit where he's in the van. Mm-hmm. Driving down the highway, and he's got the fucking trophy with the chili sitting in it. Aye, in the passenger seat, and the um, he fucking takes the phone call, takes mm-hmm. the phone call, and it, and it's just his insults and that. Hey, like, I all right, um, it's like like I put on the on my notes like hashtag coon shit, Aye. <laughs> hashtag fudge packer. Aye, you piece of coon shit, and it's just the thing where. He he is like the mouthpiece of the family. Yeah, he's almost like if they had a public speaker, it would be him. But they just don't know the history behind the family. I mean, I'm I'm particularly fond of Chop Top. Yeah, I I think it's between him and the dad that steal it. Like Chop Top is really good because obviously you're first introduced to Chop Top when they go and he shows up at the radio station. Yeah. It's like a like. This fan with what was it, a Sonny Bono wig? Yeah. <laughs> he he got like this great accent, um and that is a, a thing I could say about this the second film that they've done really well is like they've extended upon the family yeah. and they've gotten some great characters to it. So Chop Top sitting there and he's wears wee coat hangers and light and scratching his scalp. Yeah. Eating whatever he finds. And it's like, man he's a bit unnerving. So for this cunt to show up at your radio station at closing time, yeah. looking for requests, a wee bit unsettling. But it's just, oh, music is my life. And he's just all fucking <laughs> I looks like a total proper fucking hillbilly, yeah. Ah, he's just this really like, I guarantee, like, in, like, the 70s and the 60s, he was, he was a proper hippie, like. Ah, looked like a proper creepy hippie. And it's just, the setup to that scene is brilliant because you're so distracted by fucking chop top and all his weird requests you didn't imagine you don't at all expect fucking Leatherface to come running out of the yeah. like that storage room the, the, where the stacks of records are kept uh, fucking wielding a chainsaw above his head that moment is fucking terrifying yeah and I wa- when I was watching it this week Margaret was watching it with me and I was just watching her and watching the film I was like I'm waiting for the big scare I'm waiting for this jump to get and they play it so long because they stand in front of that door for fucking ages. Aye. So by the time he come running out, she wasn't even paying attention to the telly. It was like, ah. Uh, it was a total missed opportunity. But it's, it's not until he fucking drops his wig and you get to see that big old fucking metal plate in his head. Yeah, and it kind of, like, I, I can't remember, I don't think they, they bring it up, but as I'm assuming he's got that plate because of fucking Leatherface or something. Okay. But I don't think they actually bring it up. Of how he lost, had a bit of yeah. his, his fucking top chopped off. Mm. And it's the fact that he's like, like sitting like tearing away at some of the skin and then just like casually uh, fucking eating it. I know, <laughs> it's so fucking gross. Because his scalp is so fucking discoloured, like it looks like it's all scabby, yelly uh, at one side. But he just fucking sitting yes, howking it uh, with a coat hanger and eating anything he finds. And it's like... Uh, and it is, it's just one of these films that kind of just grosses you out. Yeah, like, I mean, poor fucking, poor LG, yeah. Oh, LG. But what a fucking trooper. I know. Like, that that boy put up with a lot of shit. Because he came in, and what was it, he went out 
to grab a coffee, wasn't it? He came Aye. back, got absolute fucking battered with a hammer. I know. And it was like one of these things, like, Jesus Christ, like, put him at his misery. He's waving his arms for about ten minutes after being battered on the head, yet he still comes back to life, like, after being fucking skins. Mm. But it is. I honestly just thought they were just going to stick the, the chainsaw in his chest just Aye. to put him at his misery because fucking Chop Top couldn't hit fucking... Hammer for a fucking toffee. He was like, dum, I know. Dum, 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 Better dum, than Grandad, though. Yes, aye, definitely. I mean, Grandad is another cunt in this film that really creeps me out because they do these great close-up shots, and aye. it's like it looks like he's got like a big, uh, it's like he's got like an effect. It's like this big bloated face, like yeah. big cheeks, big nose, big brow, and then it's like these white scaly eyes. Mm-hmm. And I reckon if I've maybe confused this film with the first one, but is in the first one is there a, a part where he sucks the finger? Ah, in the first one, aye. Aye, because Margaret was really on edge watching it, and she didn't know what was going to happen. And I was like, "Oh man, I think this is the film where he's sitting and sucks on her finger for blood." And it's like, "Oh, didn't he? Didn't he say that? No." And it doesn't happen. I was like, "Where the fuck did I see that from?" <laughs> but aye, I, it must have been the. As you said, the first one. But it is when they gave him that fucking hammer. It's like, oh, great, Pappy, it's time for you to... You could do it in one shot. And <laughs> now you can't even fucking hold the hammer. I know. <laughs> it's just so fucking dead. Like, and I don't understand, though, like, like, what the big fascination is with getting the granddad to fucking, like, do the kill. I know, you and know? just, like, maybe some old family traditions. Oh, let's give him a shot. And it just... So many times. And, of course, she's screaming. She's hysterical. Gets hit a couple of times, but it's not enough to knock her out because she's mm. still fucking screaming and crying. And then it gets to the point where I think Dennis Hopper's about to show up, and you just see uh, Drayton just pick up the hammer, just hits on the head, just shuts her up in one. It's like he just hits the snooze button on his alarm clock, yeah. puts her out in one strike, and walks over to see who this singing cunt is. Mm. But and that's the other point I put in my notes is. Like the endings of the both films are kind of like almost similar. Yes. And I and I mean I mean it's not as much like eyeball focused as what the first one is because the first one was heavily focused on the eyeballs. Uh, the lassie. Yeah, come Sally, I name was I think it was. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's like come on, eh? it's like you've already like played this card. Eh? I think he really likes to make the audience feel the hysteria that's going on. Like yeah. Just so, because the person in the film is being driven crazy, so the times they just kind of want to fucking force that on you as well. Yeah. And whether it works or not, but what did you think about the music? Like they did have a wee score going to it. Aye. And it's it it, it plays quite heavily because what was it? It's a uh, Toby Hooper and Jerry Lambert, and it is when I I've used that word already just now like. When it's at the height of the hysteria, there's like Aye. this violin music, and for some reason, it fucking makes me think of Psycho. I think, and mm. why I, if I was a little bit better researched, I would have looked up the clip yeah. and compared the two. I think. I, can you remember the first one having Viol- music? I, I don't think so. I felt like it was the type of film where it didn't. Yeah. You were just put in with like this fucking cold silence, yeah. so you were, the only sound you heard was fucking people screaming. Yeah. Because it was like a, 
try to try to think of a, if I would associate a word with the type of talk. I can't exactly what you're on about because you get the score it's at like, the start after the narration, and then you yeah. get it kind of like especially like at the end. Aye, it's um, like a, some sort of violin orchestra, but mm. it, it's almost just like the the psycho like knife shower scene where it's just like dun 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 and then it's uh, I'm going we have the technology let's look it up because it is it's a score because it also has like a soundtrack but that is obviously quite well you shouldn't be fucking surprised it works in a radio station so there's quite a lot of tracks being played as well well let's see this bit here really makes me think of a psycho Mm. that bit At least we've got to play a little bit of clip of the music there because it is actually quite a decent score. Yeah. Like obviously Leatherface, I do, I do appreciate like the jump scares that he gives in the film. Yeah. Like the first one where he's hiding amongst the, the stacks of records. The, the second one where Stretch has barricaded herself in a room. Like I don't know why a radio station has like that giant steel metal door, mm. as if she was in a, a fucking meat locker. She's barricaded herself in. Only for a fucking Leatherface just to come through the wall. And I thought that was second scare was like really good. The only other cunt that really shows up in this film is I was gonna say the grandma. At the very end, like that yeah, that looked like a dead body, but I'm pretty sure it was somewhat animated. Mm. Like when they're going to rip the chainsaw out of her hands, it looked like she was moving her head. Yeah. Obviously you get the like the um, Skeleton and then Franklin. Ah, yeah, when, uh, I didn't When Dennis Hopper comes across him. Yeah. But I mean, let's see. doing his whole fucking. Um, I was going to make a fucking. What was the name of that uh, TV show where, like, they totally rechange a house? Oh, yeah. I'd... Yeah, I was going to make a joke about that. That's what he was doing. Aye. <laughs> I, I, I can't mind. The joke, man. They won't know what the show is, but... I thought, um... I thought up until the last ten minutes, I thought the film's, like, like body count was... Can even for, like, a, a, a slasher, usually, like, sequels, like, up the ante and stuff. But right, I, I felt quite light. Until, yeah. And then also until, like, the final ten minutes. And, I mean, I quite like... That's why I... Like, that's why I quite liked, uh, like, Drayton Sawyer's character was because, mm-hmm. like... It was the the choice of fucking like speech he gave like when he was hiding under the table after oh, uh, Dennis Hopper like fucking severs his arse with yeah. a chainsaw and uh, and he's like was a hemorrhoid joke aye and it's like he's like ah the working man always gets it in the ass aye at least that's my hemorrhoid scene too <laughs> and then it's like it's like oh no wait a minute that's bad aye because it does it properly like just catches him in the cheeks and just tears up and his arsehole. He then pulls the, 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 the hand grenade out. Aye, did they not cry at something like Franklin? Nah. Not like a nickname for it? Nah. Uh, the name they gave it was like nothing or something. Apparently that was actually the name of the, the hitchhiker for the first film. Alright, oh, okay. Because that was, remember, 
at the start of the film where you see like, that fucking dancing skeleton uh, on the top of the truck next yeah. to the car. That was apparently the body that actually cuts. Oh. That's the body that um, chopped up and Leatherface like fucking carry about with them. Yeah, aye, because that's it. it just looked like the very in the film when it's a uh, Leatherface with was it Franklin? Yeah, and he's just doing this dance. Is it's just somebody fucking with him, and then when they go to shoot him and it fucking hits Franklin, but it reveals the Leatherface mask. It's like a big oh shit moment. Uh. So, fuck, I think we are at the end. Because obviously, there's two things that happen. We we assume that Lefty is blowing up yeah. alongside Leatherface, Grandpa, and Drayton. Yeah. Just because Drayton with that hand grenade. Yeah. But, I mean, surely, surely Grandpa doesn't survive that. Like, aye, and Leatherface had a fucking chainsaw stuck out, like in one side aye, and out the other. Impaled eh? So, you're under the assumption that they're all fucked. And then you get the wee like chasing between um, Stretch and, and Chop Top. Yeah. Because she's making it out. He fucking because they're they're in some sort of uh, abandoned uh, amusement park. Yeah. It's like the Battle of Texas or something. So. They're firing up this wee tower, and it's is the fucking thing about Chopped Up where he's he gets all crazy and starts slashing his throat and front of her, like just trying to encourage her, like go and then try it, try it, and he starts cutting his own throat just to show how fucking crazy he is. But it's just when what I guess really pisses him off is when she takes the chainsaw off of, of Grandma, and, and then, then manages to catch him in the stomach. And Aye. then he falls off the balcony. And I mean, how how convenient when he rolls down that hill that he goes down the fucking... Right the, back the, in the pipe. Yeah. In with the family. And and then it just kind of ends. And then, it, and then, and then it's like almost a carbon copy at the end yes. of the first one, but instead of She's Leatherface standing, instead of Leatherface jump, like dancing about with the chainsaw, it's her. Doing the exact same dance, yeah. same movements, the, the whole spin around in circles, waving her hips. Screaming is like, okay. You just imagine if they'd done sequels from there, which they did, but yeah. if she was then Leatherface, because obviously you would imagine if they carried it on, like, in canon, like, proper proper storylines, like, she's now as fucked up as they are. Yeah. Because the whole scene where fucking uh, LG tries to help her out. Ah, oh, no. It's some fucking horrific shit. I know. I mean, as well, it has great fucking effects with Sam, uh, Tom Savini. Oh, aye, definitely. He fucking he earned his pay that day, but it's just the fact that she got LG's face in his hat. I know. Sitting there with that fucking skin on, it just, oh, Christ, <laughs> there's so many gross-out moments. And it's it. the fact that he's still obsessed with, like, clearing his throat. Oh. Until hawking a loogie. His fucking character trait was... <laughs> Every fucking scene. Did he get where he like, was? It was when he was um, going to cut her free, and it was the way he was moving with the knife. I was I was waiting on him, like accidentally putting the knife in her back or something. Ah, it did look like he was in immense pain. Rewatchability. I just got a good bit of rewatchability. I mean, I've got the the Arrow Blu-ray there, but I've I just watched it on Netflix. I just was kind of bored. How can it? But lazy bastard. I know, but it's got obviously all the fucking arrow treatment with like deleted scenes and shit like that, so I'm mm-hmm. always kind of tempted to like fucking just see what else. Yeah. Aye. Um, 
obviously it's, it's far more rewatchable than the first film. Aye. But it's probably not on the top of my list of what to watch in October. Yeah. I mean, it's on Netflix, so it's easily to get there, but I reckon why I, I'm in two minds whether I would buy it. There's, there's good bits and bad bits, but there's like a hundred other things I would probably watch first. Yeah. So. Uh, Mikey, I guess it's time for you to drop some trivia. Uh, well, trivia here, well, some budget and box office as well. Yeah, we'll do trivia first for a change. Okay. Um, obviously, the first trivia note was the one I talked about, but the, the corpse that chopped open Leatherface Cardaroon was, in fact, the hitchhiker. Yeah. For the first film. Aye. Um, and obviously, that was further proven at the end with the uh, drain underneath the table with a grenade, and he talks. Because I think it's like hugging the corpse, Aye. and it somehow managed to come across a life hand grenade. Exactly. Toby Hooper was only set to produce the film, right? But because of the film's low budget, they couldn't afford an affordable director, <laughs> so he stepped in. Oh well. Budget and box office. I only got domestic box office. Can to take a wee guess at the budget? No, I think the whole thing with Canon films was like they made films on shoestring budgets, but I reckon. What do you say? Three million? Yeah, a bit more. It uh, the budget for it was four point seven million. Okay. And obviously, it was only domestic records I could find that made just over eight million domestic. Ah, that's so decent. It took in double its amount. Ah, I was just about to say, I was actually just assuming it probably wouldn't have made its money back. Just thinking whether it being a cult horror, but I guess yeah. getting a sequel ten years later, yeah. it would it would have built up an audience by that time. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to watching Psycho Two and reading all the trivia and the budget and stuff because obviously Aye. that sequel was like twenty two years later or something. Exactly, and it carries on for the for the first film, which is a film uh, something that really gets done nowadays. Mm-hmm. Time to wrap up the show, Mike. Yeah. So next week we will be covering Friday the 13th, part 4? Yeah. Yes, aye. So tune in for that. If you want to support us on social media, find us at FAS Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and Patreon. I'll tell you now, our Patreon is coming to an end. It will close down at the end of the year, so come January, no more Patreon. So if you want to get access to our archive of extended episodes, you've only got a few months remaining. So now's your time to hop on and download the back catalogue before it vanishes forever. Into like a wee zip folder on my laptop. <laughs> to collect stuff. I was going to say to wait for the highest bidder. <laughs> uh, shout outs to Paul Loudon, and David Lopan for providing artwork and music. Mags, Carol, Kenny and Stu for supporting us on Patreon. Magic Mike for joining me tonight. And you, the loyal listener. Fuck off and tune in next week. If you dare. Ah, <laughs> oh, the music finished. Wow. Michael Christie, you mm. will be doing it next week. Ah, <laughs> <fucking> right. <laughs> <coughs>